I'm trying to search for Chevy. It just pulls up like. Where yeah, why did for? you do that? Because the movie. Okay. A movie. Well, now that Hans is here, finally, and I've seen Dobie, I am going to exit. Y'all have fun. Okay, we will. Finally. Love you, babe. Love you too. Finally. Finally. <laughs> 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 but you can't check your six. It's kind of like you know taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom. Tom. I don't know if I really want to talk about this one, honestly. It's it's so different. That's that's what we do here. We're I don't know if I know how challenge. to talk about a like a well made movie. So I had the exact same thought. I don't really know. <laughs> like I feel like I need to watch it a second time to be able to actually talk about it because there was so much going on well okay and like so much going on that like made sense i don't i don't know how to i we have spent 30 some odd episodes commenting on absolute trash tier garbage and (laughs) i don't know if i know how to speak intelligently (laughs) about an intelligently made film not off the cuff Certainly. Well, real quick, yeah. Did you? I I know the answer to this, but did you two do the little homework that I assigned earlier? Of course, this I did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. We're good. I I knew Aaron did. Okay. 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 Cool. <laughs> I wasn't. Why, sure why would you Hans assume that I wouldn't? <laughs> because you didn't watch the movie itself, and you didn't start watching it like seven p.m. That's as is the usual. <laughs> okay, but this is an hour and forty-five minutes. If you can do math. So if we're planning to get on to record at 8.30 and you started at 7 p.m., what time do you think, how many minutes late to the recording so do you I, think you'll okay, be? Okay, I forgot that we were watching Machete this week. I thought it was going to be another hour and I thought it was going to be another 90 minute piece of garbage. Like well, we've, been, like we've had for last the past time when he's 32 like, oh, episodes. Oh, I still have 10 minutes left. I wish I could just fast forward this. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Listen, I timed left. it out. I timed it out so that I, if I started watching, I started watching. It Clearly was didn't. six. I think it was six fifty-five. So that I, I knew that if I was watching at a ninety-minute piece know. of garbage, then I would, like, I would be good. I would be on time for eight thirty. I forgot that we were watching Machete, all and as soon movies. as I put it on, I deeply regretted my decisions because I wish I actually had more time to pay proper attention to this movie. Of all the movies that I thought you would actually watch, like the weekend before, like you know, I forgot. I forgot that this is what we were watching. I've been anticipating this. I've, I've just been. I've. I've. I've, I've been like these. psyching myself up to watch the one good movie on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Like Sarah, like literally, she asked me, "Oh, did you watch your movie?" I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh, because this is like one that you're kind of looking forward to, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Out of like fifty, yeah. <laughs> one, one, and then I have a suggestion about how we're going to talk about it. Oh, okay. How we ought to talk? I have a suggestion for framing the conversation. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. Okay. What's your suggestion, Aaron? So, I think we should split this into two conversations. Okay. First, we talk about machete as just a movie just doing just talking about the movie and okay. then set all that aside and then talk about it as a seagal film oh, okay. oh i would i would say yeah. the inverse well 
Get get no. the dregs out of the way first, because we're going to well, want to talk about this movie. No, but I think we need to talk about, like, this is what the movie is. If you watch a movie, this is what happens, and then we have to relate it to yeah. the why are we actually watching it? What role does Seagal really Because I was like, like I not to skip ahead to the end, but I was, like, right. shocked at how much Seagal was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we can't start off and be like, okay, so let's just talk about the villain. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. We're going to talk about the movie first. Mm-hmm. So it's but gonna be my... like it, you realize well, this is gonna end up being two hours. We're gonna talk an hour no. and a half about this movie, and then we're gonna no. realize, oh crap, it's ten thirty at night, and we haven't actually <laughs> talked about Seagal at all. No, 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 no. no you no, you no, know no, that's no, what's no. gonna happen. No, 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 no. Okay, what I the one thing I need to just suggest though is I feel like this needs out of all the movies we've watched, this one needs the standard plot recap. Yeah, I think this also needs a how this movie came to exist yeah it is which i am able to it is very strange but yes it's very fascinating for go for for lovers of film i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to shut up and just let you plot recap or how the movie existed recap (laughs) both both spin me a yarn but but both first oh my god just go (laughs) Uh, well i think it'd be good to do like the background and then say here's the product that came out and then here's the movie okay hello now that all the hola all the agenda meeting minutes have been read and that all the you know robert's rules of orders have been followed we didn't do old business but my name oh old business um 30 some crap movies new business (laughs) fairly decent movie my name is zach this is steven c at all i'm aaron (laughs) i'm hans um today's steven seagal movie is machete um that a a danny trejo led film which tangentially yes. involves Steven Seagal. Um, yes. If we truly were limiting ourselves to Steven Seagal-led features, this would not make the list, but I think one Arguably of Arguably you... against the dark wouldn't make the list either. Arguably. Yeah. Um, I think one of you <laughs> tried to say, hey, I don't know, do we actually, should we do Machete? Does that fit? And I said, please, no, don't take this from me. Like, this is one that I'm looking forward to. So this doesn't really really fit the podcast as much as every other one that we've watched but like please don't take this from us let us have this so <laughs> 2010 exploitation film machete uh directed by robert rodriguez and ethan maniki um first this is fairly well known so if you're listening to this you may already know how it came to be but just to give a little background this movie did not come to exist in the way most movies come to exist so it starts in 2007, I believe. Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez decide they want to do a throwback to the grindhouse exploitation films that a lot of times when you're a filmmaker, you do a throwback to the movies you grew up on. I hope these aren't actually the movies they grew <laughs> up on, but a grindhouse theater would play like bottom of the barrel, like super cheap schlocky stuff, like cheap tickets, just all day showings, all night showings. Um, so they put together a double feature titled Grindhouse featuring the films Death Proof and Planet Terror. Um, <laughs> and included with that, so we're not actually talking about those movies. No. Um, but included with that, there were a few trailers for movies that did not exist, but actually quite a few of them, a slight majority of them do exist now. Yeah. So this is just with the intention of like, hey, it's going to make you feel like you're at the movie theater. Like it's going to play these trailers for other movies, but like they're just joke trailers. They don't, they don't actually exist. Um, like women werewolves so, of the SS. Werewolf women yes. of the SS. Yeah, that one. That's what it was called. <laughs> that was very funny. So we had 
Werewolf Women of the SS, which was directed by Rob Zombie. So, oh, oh, so real quick, they were talking about this idea. They wanted to do like, you know, they came up with the idea for these fake trailers. And then they kind of just ended up talking to other like director friends about it. And they were like, oh, hey, we want to we want to make some things for that. Like they didn't plan to like recruit directors. But once they started talking about the idea, these other people got on board. So Rob Zombie directed Werewolf Women of the SS, where real quick plot synopsis the the nazis are making women who are also werewolves who are also super high-tech nazis and like super soldier program for the nazis yeah. except it's exclusively women and they just turn them into werewolves yeah and that's it's a it's a trailer i'm not going to spend more than like 10 seconds summing it up or else no. just watch the trailer these are all like two minutes long then we have don't which is directed by edgar wright actually um and is basically just Everything they say, don't do in a horror movie, the characters are doing. Um, so it's like, don't open that door. Don't look behind you. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, we have Thanksgiving, which is a Thanksgiving-themed horror movie. That one was directed by Eli Roth. Um, and then, of course, Machete, directed by Robert Rodriguez himself. So in addition to directing one of the features, he directs this one. Um, and there's a whole history of this like he's just had this machete character around for a while this is technically a spin-off of the spy kids universe which that will come trejo. up later that will come up later where danny trejo is playing the same character he played in spy kids one and two um and then we had hobo with a shotgun which is pretty fun because that was like not done by a professional director in the same way that the other ones were um it was jason eisener it, it was some if i remember correctly he some it was like a south by southwest like film that then they picked up and kind of like brought into it kind of fit the theme of what they were doing so this was not like a professional established director that they hired this was a more up-and-coming kind of talent yeah um i have not actually watched all of like some of these movie trailers will go on to become full movies so obviously machete the one being discussed tonight I know Hobo with a Shotgun was made into a full movie. Thanksgiving is actually apparently coming out sometime in 2023. What? I didn't see a f- official, like, a full release date. But I saw, like, there's a full feature-length version that Eli world? Roth is making that's coming out. So, with Hobo with a Shotgun, Machete, and Thanksgiving, that's, like, three out of the five mm-hmm. have been made into full movies. I don't know if Edgar Wright is planning to make Don'ts. I don't know if Werewolf Women of the SS will be made into a full movie. It probably shouldn't out of all of them. Mm, um... Yeah. That one has Nicolas but Cage in it, though. That one did have Nicolas Cage playing Fu Manchu. Um, <laughs> so if, if there's a reason that one should probably be made into a full movie. Um, so if you're anything like me, I actually hadn't watched all of Grindhouse, hadn't watched all of Machete before this, um, but I had seen these trailers. Like, they went viral on YouTube, essentially. Like, even if you didn't know what Grindhouse was, even if you don't watch Planetary or anything, like... You probably saw these. You probably saw out of all of them, Machete or Hobo with a Shotgun. Those yeah. are the two I remember seeing that went the most viral. Um, and what's impressive is this was like a joke trailer made in 2007. And when you watch both the real trailer for the movie in 2010 and the film itself in 20, like that came out in 2010, very close to this trailer. Like yeah. this trailer was not just some like kind of proof of concept with completely different actors and completely different. No. Co- like they reused from footage. That trailer directly yeah. come into the movie the same exact footage comes into the movie yeah so that i believe uh, so basically it goes viral enough and they're like hey it's a movie where called machete where danny trejo is a dude with machetes and he kills people with machetes um 
and there's a priest who also kills people with shotguns and people kind of liked the gimmick enough that they willed it into existence and it became a feature-length movie is that is that all of the important background on how this came to be uh yeah i think that's i think that's all we need to to get started here yeah so it's just very interesting concept so the film itself 2010 feature film machete um uh, where is this oh so it starts off let's just run through this so this isn't a three hour long episode um too late machete is a mexican federale um he's with his partner they are attempting to rescue a kidnapped girl partner is killed so fast like instantly (laughs) it's like hey i'm with you till the end and then it dies now is the end might be faster than the fastest partner death in any seagal movie we've seen i think might be faster than the fastest partner death in any movie (laughs) not even just what we watched for this podcast um but they go in machete of course kills a bunch of people he finds this woman who is completely naked um he's like carrying her out she's an adult woman but he's like carrying her out um and then she's like oh hey a nice machete is it sharp and he's like yeah and then she uses it to stab him in the leg oh no he's been betrayed um we find out the chief uh, that's in charge of him that we're, he was talking to earlier in the movie betrayed him he's a drug lord and uh also steven seagal <laughs> here he is he kind of shows up like i don't know sooner than i was expecting I'm yeah not sure, but like i'm just oh there's seagal they yeah. killed the the woman that machete was rescuing and then they're like oh it's honorable to die by cutting your head off oh we're, we killed your wife and we're going to kill your daughter and it'd be honorable to cut your head off we're not going to do that we're going to burn down the building you're in yeah and so they light on fire and then three years later machete is working as a day laborer in texas near the u.s mexican border uh doing yard work and such um a man hires a man whose character's name was booth yes hires him in order to kill a state senator so this is where hey we already have booth played but... by jeff fahey who han should know okay. seeing as he was in 34 episodes of lost <laughs> he, okay. was, he was lapidus which i've never watched but one of the best characters he's also one of the best characters in this but anyway it's the best so at this point in the world at this point now we have like the three or four why am i the only five... one that, that knows these references <laughs> Because none of us watch Lost. Yeah. <laughs> so we have problem. three or four or five different competing like factions of villains, <laughs> yeah. and we're starting to yes. like learn all of them. Like honestly, this movie has way more plot than I. Was, yeah. I think like ready. For. I was not expecting like a story here or themes mm-hmm. or like a, yeah. an argument to make. I really thought movie is just machete is going to kill people with a machete, and that does happen. Yes, but then it's like we're going to talk about the way america and americans like respond and like propagandize and you know politicize illegal immigration yeah and that's like actually a lot of them in like a really nuanced way yeah and it's, it's but we'll get there yeah um so we have a texas state senator who basically this came out in 2010 but like he's making like donald trump campaign ads he's saying i want to build a wall they're sending like murderers and rapists and drug dealers and like i want to deport them all Actually, he not even just wanted to deport them all. They, they have a scene where he's literally shooting people who are trying to cross the border, like with mm-hmm. a gun. Um, him and his like vigilante, like a border patrol posse, like thing posse goons, 
Yeah. Again, a whole other faction of bad guys in this movie. Um, so Booth says, I want to hire you to kill this guy because I want to have a steady supply of cheap labor. That's ostensibly what he tells him. He says, I will give you $150,000 and also you have to do this, like, or I will, like, you know, hurt you. So Machete prepares to shoot the state senator whose name is McLaughlin. Um, but played by it, oh, we, 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 that, we, we are not, you're skipping ahead. How is that skipping ahead? That's not skipping ahead. Cause we have you're a whole section where we talk about who plays who. and what Okay. But like when you're like, going yeah, through this whole thing, episode. I want people to know <laughs> as they're imagining the plot, you're, you're taking forever <laughs> to get through. You're like dragging this along. I want everyone That's to fair. be able to imagine the face because okay, the senator is played. Out of all the times we've done recaps, this is not the time you can say I am dragging things along. <laughs> the senator is played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> and it's one of the it's funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Robert De Niro is here. He's just having a fun time. Yes. Now, will you let me do my plot recap, Hans? Aaron? <laughs> Hurry. Yes. I am hurrying. I'm giving people what they need to know. <laughs> He goes to kill Robert De Niro, but oops, he was set up. There's another guy there who, and it's a false flag, and this guy shoots at Machete. Machete has to get away. Um, So it turns out what's actually happening is that Booth works for, see, this is the problem, is that now I can't even like think of McLaughlin. I'm just like thinking De Niro. Booth works for De Niro. <laughs> and they are actually opposed to immigration. They, because Booth is a drug smuggler and he doesn't like that there's a steady supply of drugs coming from the, across the Mexican border. He wants to control the supply. De Niro, he just wants to do it because he's just like a Texas politician. He just hates immigration. Um, he's not actually from Texas. He's not actually from Texas, but hates you know, the heat. <laughs> that's honestly pretty standard. So, but he, they did this to make it look like he was going to get assassinated and then they could blame it on this person from Mexico to boost his poll ratings because he is not looking like he'll win re-election but after this assassination attempt poll ratings go up um meanwhile all of this is happening see now see now i'm just like gonna do like the people's names jessica alba yes is uh <laughs> an ice agent who is investigating illegal immigration in texas michelle rodriguez operates a taco truck and is also a, like a revolutionary figure who leads this underground group that helps people across alumni. the It's true. I, my, my, my rhythm. You, you keep throwing <laughs> off the rhythm. Throwing off his groove. My groove. <laughs> you, you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Michelle Rodriguez helps, you know, run this faction group that helps, you know, these people settle as they move to America. Um, let's see here. There's like probably like 15 or 20 minutes or so there that you don't need. Because um, what's the next actual like ploppy that would matter next? Is it when machete he's kind of machete's just on the run for a while now oh he's in the hospital he teams up with michelle rodriguez first yeah well he's in this hospital where he's like rescued by this like underground group yeah and then bootsmen are coming to get him you have like you know this action scene where machete like fights them off he like uses a dude's like guts like his intestines to repel down like into it yeah this is when you have some like the you know wild shots that you see in the trailer um he has a priest friend. His brother. A brother. His brother. He has, I, let me, jeez. You, no, I'm muting you. No talking. No talking. <laughs> Keep going. Go, oh my God. He has his brother because he goes, bro, I mean, father, which is very fun, um, who 
is a priest and doesn't want to kill people, but also very much wants to kill people. And we've talked about the depictions of priests in these movies before. Get ready. Oh, this is a big one. 20 minute thing from Aaron. (laughs) So basically, you know, you can probably just summarize like, you know, the middle chunk of this movie, a lot of like bad guys going after good guys, good guys going after bad guys. Uh, Machete sleeps with Michelle Rodriguez. He sleeps with Jessica Alba's character. Um, He sleeps with the state senator. No, no. uh, Booth's daughter and wife daughter played by Lindsay lohan and he fil- and this is filmed and so he goes to booth's house to get like evidence you know find some stuff and leaves this film behind of him sleeping with the daughter and wife and then there he drugs them to knock them out and he machete kidnaps the daughter and wife to bring to the church um and the priest is very sketchy like oh i'll, I'll, I'll find a use for them um those vigilantes gonna have everyone's like hunting after machete he's you know big man in town um the some of the bad guys go to the church uh priest kills a bunch of them they kill a priest very sad um machete ends up finding like this underground group and they're like we're just gonna basically do all at war on the border patrol like vigilante ass like the senator like well, on everyone don't forget that he gave all the evidence to jessica alba who gave it to the oh. news media yeah uh, yeah that her boss is like, no, don't do it. And she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do its rights. And she gives this evidence to the media. So then the senator is having well, like a press conference where it is revealed that he shot someone trying to cross the border and that you know, all these other recordings are compromising him and that is the assassination was faked and that the guy that works for him is a drug smuggler. And so he just that this is when he just becomes chaos wild card. <sighs> so he was a state senator and now he's going to the vigilante group of border patrol guards and just like give me a vest and gun but then they kidnap him and like they're gonna make him record like you know how he violated the constitution and like you know betrayed america and then they're gonna like execute him like live on tv but this is when machete and his whole crew come in which was awesome which was awesome just picture (laughs) i'm not even joking this is gonna sound like i'm the most racist man alive whenever i say this (laughs) but it is literally just a group of like 50 mexican men all in low riders like armed with guns and just like bopping the hydraulics like like just the most proudly mexican thing you've ever seen they just like shoot rockets and they just like storm the (laughs) gates and then there's just all-out gunfights michelle rodriguez earlier it seemed like she was killed it wasn't they what she wasn't really they just shot her in the eye so now she's here wearing an eye patch and like looking all sexy and stuff um i didn't even mention that before because like you not for a single second actually think she's dead, especially considering it's literally in the trailer that she like comes back with an eye patch <sighs> um and this is oh i guess i should this this is the Steven Skull podcast. Basically, the whole time, Steven Seagal is, like, in charge of Booth and the state senator. And he just keeps calling them in and being like, hey, you guys better do what I need. You better take care of this machete guy. Like, this is the guy that I tried to kill, like, three years ago. Like, now he's, you got to kill him. Um, and then he just shows up at the end. Like, he's just been, like, chilling over webcam for the whole movie. Yeah. At the end here, uh, he and Machete have a machete slash katana sword fights. Machete wins. Uh, there's just a gut sticking in Seagal's belly and he's just like, I could kill you so easily right now, but then you'd be in hell waiting for me. And then he just like commits seppuku and just <laughs> his guts out. In like the lamest way. L- Lindsay Lohan shows up. She, she's wearing a nun outfit now. <laughs> oh, she's a nun or just dressed like a nun. She like shoots at people, but she like doesn't shoot anyone to kill. She just shoots guns out of people's hands. Yeah. Um, but she does shoot, uh, the state senator um because 
uh he killed her father earlier in this movie yeah um then the state senator there he like survive he survives but then he gets killed by his own border vigilante group because they think he's just trying uh, someone trying to cross the border um and we get to the end uh and jessica alba's character is like hey i pulled some strings i got some contacts i got you your green card you're legal to stay here and he's like she's like you you can be a real man and he's like why do i want to be a real man when i'm already a myth and so then she gets onto a motorcycle with him and they're kissing as he like drives off into the sunsets um or just into the nights and they say machete will be back in a sequel machete kills which i have not seen and we're not going to talk about tonight no i think that's basically the broad strokes of what happened. yeah that's that's the movie yeah. yeah what'd you think me yeah just general impressions I, I worry that i'm gonna disappoint you oh no i enjoyed myself okay i had a good time it seems like one of those were kind of the premise and how it came to be is kind of more interesting than the movie itself oh really like all i was thinking was like Honestly, just the facts that they made a fake trailer and it went viral enough on YouTube that then they made a movie where Danny Trejo plays a guy named Machete who kills people with machetes. Like, that is funnier. Just the series of real-life events that led to this. The actual movie itself is, like, pretty alright. I think it kind of, like... It is just, like, gory, schlocky exploitation action and it is also, like, a weirdly nuanced, like, kind of dissection of, like, the border crisis and the the manufacturing of this as like you know a media item and those two movies aren't always the same movie and sometimes i just wish it like there's not enough machete just killing people with machetes for me i wish it was more of that but also i would be okay if it was more of a movie just about the board it's just kind of riding two different tracks at the same time Mm. in a way where i would kind of like you'd have the hospital scene and then it's like a, a good bit like you're waiting a little bit before machete just like does some like crazy gory excessive violence again so it's it was watchable. It was very fun. It was far more enjoyable than anything we've watched recently. Let me be very clear. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one of those when you say the premise like, and then Lindsay Lohan's in it, and then he's just killing dudes with machetes. It's kind of like that's really fun and interesting. And the movie itself is like, it feels like a movie where they came up with an idea for a fun like viral trailer and then like turned it into a movie. Like um... you can kind of see how they did the scene in the trailer. They did the scene in the trailer, and then they just have to come up with a way to make both of those scenes happen in a movie. Yeah. I get so like, I um, liked it. I didn't love it, hmm. but I worry I disappoint you because I think you two both came in here like, "Oh, yeah, this was fun. This was awesome," and that's about yeah. Me. And I think I see where you're coming from. I do. I get it. Um, I think it pulled off the balance better than than that. Okay. I think the balance of those two things was actually really good, uh, and I really enjoyed like the the effort that went into stringing together all these things. Because yes. I think like all the trailer moments were strung together in a way that made sense to the point that I think if I hadn't watched the trailer beforehand, I don't know. There's like with one exception, I don't know if I'd be able to point to, ah, that's from that just seems like totally out of place. It's from something else. Uh, I think they did a really good job with like the styling of this movie like there are moments oh, in like the first few minutes where it's showing like the three years ago bit where Danny Trejo like gets betrayed is in the super heavy film grain with lots of like uh, errors in the in the like in the film medium and stuff. 
and they use that to like hide cuts and things and it's really cool <laughs> i've never seen I that did. before when this first started off i really liked the aesthetic of it i really liked that it had this heavy dirty grungy yeah. like grain and i'm also very happy it was just for that opening oh yeah it was just <laughs> for like the prologue to the movie I'm like, this is cool. And then it went away and I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, it's okay, good. Uh, it still had like a pretty heavy film grain throughout the movie, yeah. but the beginning was like, this was shot on like homemade film stock. Like it was this, rough. This stock has been hit with like the vinegar syndrome. Like it's starting yeah. to rot. Like it's been stepped on. It's been stored <laughs> improperly. Like, but it really smashed, lent like, itself to like, I don't know. There's like a visceral yeah. nature to the whole the thing. opening like 10 minutes just tastes like coins <laughs> visually yeah it's it's just like this like really battery on your tongue crunchy uh like homemade i don't know like like industrial feel yeah. to everything it is a it feels like a, a, a grindhouse movie yeah um uh, like very grungy and but like reveling in it having fun with that idea mm -hmm. uh and just really running with it and taking it over the top to the point that like at that certain points like a quarter of the screen is just like empty black space from like film corruption but they use that in ways that it like hides cuts so you like you have machete like stabs a guy with his machete and the other end of the machete pops out of his back uh oh there's a lot of that yeah um, but like it'll there's like a error in the film and so like it hides a, a cut uh in a way that really works with the aesthetic of the movie and i just thought it was really fun and it took it a surprising amount of artistry we he does not just kill people in machete he stabs through people's heads like completely through people's guts mm -hmm. he spins and decapitates like five people at a time yeah like that is what it's you're signed up for. completely over and the top does, uh and that that's how like the movie artistry. opens like it that's the first scene is him like running into this building and just absolutely demolishing these guys, like spinning around and chopping three guys heads off at once with a machete, like just wild stuff. Um, and so I think it, I was surprised by just examining how all this stuff was done. Just looking at the film, the amount of effort and artistry it took to pull that off in a way that was satisfying and not, like there's a way to do that that makes everything look cheap. Yeah, this looks like and it was made. It was cheap, but everybody knew what yeah. they were doing. Like there was talent. Parts of here. this movie, parts of the movie, do look cheap. Yes, but, but there was, was very a lot of cheaper. it was intentional. Nothing looks like yes. well, we couldn't afford to do it any other way, or like the, the nothing looks like a mistake. Like if anything looks weird or off, like it feels intentional. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really liked about this this movie is that everything feels intentional. There's, I don't think there's anything in here that was an actual error in the film. I don't think it made any mistakes. No, I would agree with that. Which I, That's why I'm ranking this very, very high. Very, very high. Just like as a movie. <laughs> I, there are lots of things to which I object in this film, but... Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> but I think uh, it just the artistry on display is incredible. That's my take. Hans, where Hans, are you at? Hans, Hans, where are you at, buddy? 
this is like a solid three stars liked it for me. It was not a good movie, but it was a very, very, very fun movie. Am I the most positive on this? This is weird. I think so. Yeah. I'm I'm honestly I'm much closer to Zach. Like this I had a oh. really good time watching this because it was just like it it was very full of itself on purpose. It mm-hmm. was a lot of senseless violence string back to back to back with very tenuous like a, a very tenuous relationship between what scene came before and what scene came after but it works because it's supposed to be like just kind of goofy mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that and there, there was enough like you, like zach you talked in the middle of, of your recap about how there's you know there's a lot of filler in the middle there's a lot of good guys going after bad guys bad guys going after good guys but it's there's stuff there like there's enough to keep you entertained like this was an hour and 40 minutes and it felt like 25 minutes went by my, yeah. like watching this movie it, mm-hmm. whereas the, the, the stuff we've been watching recently it feels like an hour and as, as a matter of fact it doesn't even feel like an hour and a half it feels like two hours yeah just dragging and dragging yep. this was just a really enjoyable stupid fun goofy gory action movie and i loved it well but it was not like a good movie <laughs> so like maybe part of this maybe part of this like i'm the odd man out here uh, and one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie was the way that it treats Mexican culture. Uh, like, I mean, it's a, what was the word you used? Like, it's a Mexican exploitation film. Is that mexploitation? Yeah, I saw the term exploitation. Oh, yeah, okay. That, that tracks. Up, it's a exploitation film made by oh, yeah. Mexican filmmakers. Uh, and it just like revels in Mexican culture in ways that I found very, very funny. So I am not Mexican. I don't know if anybody knew that. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> but neither are all the people playing Mexicans in this movie. And I want to talk about that. <laughs> but Which is, it's very intentional. Uh, but um, I do like work with Mexican people almost every single day. And I spend a lot of time with them. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I am Mexican. I am not. I'm not like, oh, I'm an honorary Mexican. No, that's really cringe. No. Uh, <laughs> but I do spend a lot of time in like living in Mexican culture and I'm expected as part of my job to participate in like Mexican cultural things. Uh, and so there are lots of things in here that I recognized. Uh, and also speaking Spanish, change, I think, changes a lot of stuff here. Like there's stuff that gains an extra texture to it if you speak a little bit of spanish when you watch this movie like there are lots of things that just kind of expects you to know Mm -hmm. about like the spanish language and little things about mexican culture and stuff like that um but uh i really really enjoyed those bits and i that might i think examining myself and this movie is kind of a big part of why i'm ranking it so high and why why i liked it so much uh, I think it was just a really cool celebration of a very real, uh, not Disneyfied, like very real lived Mexican culture, just cranked up to eleven. Like that caravan of Mexicans driving to, like, take over the, like, go and fight the vigilantes was hilarious to me. Because I see that I mean, stuff. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, uh, like I see that stuff. Or like when they do the montage of like all these Mexicans calling each other to like get each other together on this on this mission, uh, I think that was it was really funny and just a, a genuine 
expression of the Mexican American experience. I think it was really cool to see that on film in a way that wasn't, it didn't feel, it felt played up, but just mm-hmm. by like increasing and amplifying the things that are already there, not by like smoothing edges or like cartoonifying anything, but just taking the authenticity and cranking it like beyond, it felt beyond authentic, not inauthentic. Mm, okay. That That's my take. I mean, that makes sense for how it would depict a culture in a movie where also it is called Machete and the guy's name is Machete and he kills people with a machete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like you're not getting the grounded, like realistic portrayal of... No, you're getting... It is a heightened yeah. reality. You're getting the kinds of things... Like it's, it's an amplified version of Mexican culture that could only be amplified by someone who actually lives it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not amplified by someone from the outside. Because someone looking in from outside would accentuate totally different things. Mm-hmm. But someone from within the culture, when they choose to amplify their own culture, like focus on completely different things than someone from outside would. Uh, and I found in this like a real authenticity about what it means to be a Mexican, like someone of Mexican descent living in the United States, what that looks like and what it feels like. Um, because I, I mean, I've spent years sitting and talking with them and listening to their experiences. And I, this felt very authentic to me uh, in an elevated sort of, you know, exaggerated way, but in a way that could only be exaggerated by someone who's really living it. So do you actually want to talk a bit about whenever you were watching this movie, you made a comment about like, very obviously like some people who are portraying characters Mexican who are not actually Mexican in real life. Like, (laughs) so there's one, Oh, you look so excited. There's one in particular. So there's this kid who is oh like <laughs> okay how okay I feel like I should have known that's where I'm going. having a hard time talking about it because it's so funny. So in this in Machete, there's this kid who like hangs around with Michelle Rodriguez and like helps out in this resistance network or something. But he's like he's got curly red hair and he's white as snow. <laughs> And he's like talking like like he has this thick Mexican American accent and he like throws in random Spanish words into his vocabulary. And he's played by uh and this is really funny to me, Daryl Sabara, who that wasn't I was like watching this movie, like racking my brain. Who is yes, this? Kid? You're like, wait, he's so familiar. He's so he's familiar so to familiar. me. I don't know who this is. He played Juni in Spy Kids. What? This is yes. this is his fourth outing. I really like the second or third scene. He like showed. Yes, up and finally it clicked. This is his in his filmography. I believe this is his third or fourth outing as a Mexican American. He is ethnically Jewish Russian, uh, and so for him to be playing this Mexican character, which it's like kind of this inside joke between him and Danny Trejo uh, because the character Machete is in Spy Kids. Like he's a major point, like he's a major part of the plot of Spy Kids one, at least um, which I watched as a a young child. Um, But like I have in my head, like in Spy Kids two, it's revealed that Junie leaves the Spy Kids and like goes rogue. And my thought is that this is the, it's the same guy. Just his name is Julio now. (laughs) Danny Trejo does off like uh Daryl Sabara 
his character offhandedly mentions that he's adopted. And Danny Trejo is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, this 100%, his whole every single time he appears on the screen, this is just an inside joke with Robert Rodriguez and Danny Trejo yes. and Daryl Savara. Like, yes. This is alternate, this is Cholo Juni from Spy Kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's hilarious. Uh, and also, uh, Robert De Niro <laughs> at the yeah. end. The way he escapes from like the whole situation, uh, the like there's this big firefight going on. The way that he escapes from everything is Michelle Rodriguez says, "If you want to survive this, you have to become Mexican really fast." And so <laughs> they like dress him up as a stereotypical Mexican, <laughs> and Robert De Niro gets away by pretending to be Mexican. Uh, and it is not for long though. Very yeah. very oh well. Yeah. I think his death scene, his multiple death scenes, are the most genius thing about this movie. <laughs> Elaborate. Okay, so okay, he dies every kind of poetic death appropriate to his character. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. So yeah. his first death is like it. So he has one near death. Uh, which is completed at the end of the movie, but he almost dies by execution from like the militia that he helped form because he betrayed the constitution or whatever in their mind. Uh, then he is killed by Lindsay Lohan as revenge for him killing her father. So De Niro uh, kills Booth, who is Lindsay Lohan's dad in this movie. So she kills him. Also gives one of the funniest lines in the movie. In the name of my father, bang. Uh, I forget the rest. Um, and that was very, very funny to me. I think Lindsay Lohan killed it in this movie. I think she was very, very funny. Uh, so that's his first like poetic death, is that he dies to the child of the man that he killed. Uh, but he ends up surviving that. He has a bulletproof vest on. So then he runs away. And then he gets shot by the uh, like militia guys. And finally, like, they actually do, like, shoot him at the end of the movie. Uh, they find him in the middle of the night because he's dressed like a Mexican. And so they think he's, like, an illegal immigrant. Uh, and so they shoot him. And he's dying. But as he's dying, he falls onto the electrified border wall that he built. And that's what finally <laughs> kills him. So he dies three poetic deaths in this movie to all the things, like, all of the terrible things that he did all come back and and kill him he gets three poetic deaths and i think that's really cool how the movie did that i think that was really genius actually okay i see where you come from i do also appreciate at that one towards the end um it's not just that like they're so far away and they got him down like mm -hmm. they're pretty close to him and that part of it comes from the fact that he can't communicate with yeah. them like i think that does also kind of add another layer yeah. to it that like his like he just can't speak like his mouth is like full blood or whatever mm -hmm. so he can't say hey guys no i'm the senator you know me like we're buds yeah while they're shooting him and i think having that layer of like yeah not being able to like understand not being able to communicate really adds to that and they they make the assumption that it's he doesn't speak english yeah. that he only speaks spanish because they can't understand him and so he dies these poetic like multiple poetic deaths and i think they did it in a way that was uh, that worked really well for the movie. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Also, Cheech played a good priest. It was very <laughs> funny. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so actually, that's a fun little. So from the original trailer, mm-hmm. you had Machete himself. Yes, obviously, you had Danny Trejo. You had Cheech from Cheech and Chong, who plays his brother. Sorry, Padre. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there anyone else in the original trailer? I, I know uh, very Booth, like this bald white guy in the trailer Booth, that doesn't make it. Played in. by Jeff Faye. He was in the original yes, trailer okay. as well. You have, and you also have like certain ones like. Lindsay Lohan was not in the original trailer, but you have like Machete making out with like these two women mm-hmm. that one of them would end up being like Lindsay Lohan's character. Like you yeah. can't see her face too well in the trailer. So like, but yeah, it is outside of that. Like most of the cast, even though the fact that they made a fake trailer, like it is just interesting to see like three people that were in that original trailer, like the original almost like pitch for the movie. And then you have Michelle Rodriguez, Steven Seagal, like Lindsay <laughs> Lohan, like Don Johnson, like Jessica Alba, Robert De Niro, like, <laughs> The the amount of cast that was added to this that, like, a, in a way did not exist in the first yeah. version, the first depiction of this movie. It, I was amazed at the talent that they pulled for this. This was crazy. Right. And I, I was amazed at the talent they pulled. And the thing that I think, like, I felt this the most with Robert De Niro, but I was watching this like, I think he's just having fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just cutting loose. He's just, yeah. he's like, yeah, I've been in, like, some of the greatest movies of all time, whatever, and now I'm in Machete, and he's just having he's fun. He's having a good time. He's just hanging out with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> They're having a good time. Cheech is there. <laughs> Got Don Johnson. They get to hang out with Michelle Rodriguez and Jessica Alba. Yeah. Everyone's having a good um, time. Also, Steven Skull's, Steve- like, hanging out in the background. Steven Skull is there. <laughs> he's, like, in... He's, like, in the scene in the beginning, like, on screen with Danny Trejo, like, and, like, a bunch of other characters. And then, I'm not even kidding, he just spends most of the movie, he's just chilling somewhere he's else. Just he's just hanging out in hot tubs with scantily clad women and sitting on, like, right. Zoom calls. And, and Yeah, just zooming into the bad guys being like, hey, be better bad guys. <laughs> and then he shows up, like, for the last scene. That's his involvement in the movie. Yeah. So, should we actually talk about Machete as a Steven Skull film? Uh Can I talk about the priest first? <laughs> oh yes of course i would not my favorite you. character he was very very funny oh my gosh um i really was not sure where you were gonna land on on I, i'm really i don't want to scandalize anybody i know priests who talk like this like <laughs> to give you a little like uh you know blink into the the clerical world i know priests who talk like this uh he has my favorite line in the movie, but I can't say it again. Because um, I am not one of those priests who talks like this. <laughs> um, he also has my favorite line in the movie, but it doesn't have any swears in it. Oh, what's your favorite line in the movie? Oh, so you just need to swap favorite lines. Maybe. He says he says to Danny Trejo, it's not safe for you to be here. And Danny Trejo goes, I'm not looking for safe. And she says, I know. I mean, it's not safe for me for you to be here. <laughs> Uh, he does say one thing so like he and uh, so uh, Father Cheech does some terrible things <laughs> that okay actually wait but his re- his character's name in the movie is even funnier <laughs> he is pod- his full name is Padre Benicio Del Toro <laughs> like, just the actor just the real life actor Benicio Del Toro I didn't <laughs> know Father that. Benicio Del Toro uh, Father Del Toro <laughs> Father exactly. Benicio um he like has this kind of a long conversation with with Danny Trejo uh, 
over well first what he does is he has like recordings of uh booth's <laughs> confessions which immediate excommunication okay like instantly I, as soon as i saw that all i could think though is when we were watching um the steven skull gambling movie that's not really a gambling movie the wanted steven skull's wanted yeah um and we talk about that how like the guy the bad guy shows up to the priest and even just the priest saying oh yeah he's been in confession but i can't tell you what he said yeah is already crossing an ethical boundary yeah. when he just pulls out like CDs, <laughs> like of transcripts, recordings of this guy. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is a, the the next fourteen levels." Yeah, like he's just recording his confessions. Uh, but he he talks about you know some of the stuff that he's been telling him, telling him in confession, and then he says this this line just like really hit me. He said, "I don't know. I guess I'm cheaper than a shrink," yes. which like. This podcast is not about theology, but if you're going to confession, confession is not therapy. Confession is for the forgiveness of sins. <laughs> I am not a trained therapist. You you can't come in and confess your problems to me and expect me to fix them. That's not what that's for. I am there to hear what you did wrong, to give you some counsel on how to fix it, and to forgive your sins. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist. There's not like a whole lot of back and forth there. No. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a different kind of thing. Um. Oh, here, here's I, here's how I'll say my favorite line, and you're gonna edit this, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, so that people know what's going on here. I'm okay. not going to say the bad word, but I want you to just insert a bleep sound, so that okay. it sounds like I said the bad word. Okay. <laughs> really? So. But you, but you want to be very clear, removing the artifice of the podcast from itself, that when somebody's listening, I am not bleeping you out. I am bleeping you out saying bleep. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. No, no naughty words. Yes. So, uh, Father Benicio del Toro has had enough of Danny Trejo, and he wants him to get out. And so he's, he, like, makes the sign of the cross over his head and says, I absolve you of all your sins. Now get the bleep out. And it's. Hilar- I had to like pause the movie for a second <laughs> because I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard <laughs> because like I know I know pre- I've never heard a priest say this but I know priests that I 100% know have done that <laughs> like oh yes yes bless you don't get up yes uh, <laughs> like that's that was one of the funniest things in the world to me. That is my favorite line uh, of this movie <laughs> by far. It's not even close. Um, that was hilarious. Uh, also, the uh, when uh, Father Benicio is like fighting against the mercenaries that are sent to kill him, and he has like two pump action shotguns. Uh, the music that's playing is it's not the ave maria it's the melody of like ave maria it's that melody but it's totally different lyrics uh and it's in spanish and it's actually really beautiful uh it was kind of a cool hymn uh about the blessed virgin mary but completely different words than the ave maria it was really cool Hmm. i thought that was really well done i think my favorite part about him is that he shows danny trejo his like surveillance setup yeah and it's (laughs) It's like five or what is it would be six monitors, six like old CRT monitors stacked on top of each other in the shape of a cross. <laughs> <laughs> Just like two monitors off to the sides hovering so that it's 
monitors shaped like a cross is perfect. It was very funny. I mean, I think we can pretty much all agree that's the father. Like, the priest is maybe just, like, the best part of this. Yeah, he's very, very funny. My favorite line Without also comes from him is just, please, father, have mercy. And then he says, God has mercy. I don't. And, like, has to be in the face <laughs> with a shotgun. I think that was my favorite line in the movie. It, it, it very much feels like the Lindsay Lohan line later on when she says, like, you know, in the name of my father. And I forget the rest. <laughs> it's great. Um, Hans, any other any thoughts you had about Machete just as the film Machete, not the Steven Seagal movie Machete, just as Machete? No, not really. It was it was fun. Yeah, that's it. fun. That's um, all I got. It was it was incredibly goofy, very full of itself, very purposeful. I liked it. It wasn't a good movie, but it was a fun. Oh, movie. I thought it was a good movie. But I think, but I think that word you used is very telling. It was like purposeful i think is a good way to yeah. describe it because when we hi welcome back to steven say it all when An we discuss yeah. this in con in the context <laughs> of the other movies that we've been watching it like one thing i was struck by is how much it does the same things these other movies oh do, my but, gosh yes but i don't hate it yeah but, but the execution is so much better it's like he just like walks in and there's like a woman who's naked there for no reason but it's like it's different but it didn't just feel like somebody's creepy desire to do that like it fit within the artifice of this thing yeah exactly like it also like danny trejo takes off his shirt he doesn't just sit there in a leather jacket. This is true. In the scene, it's it's such a small detail, but it makes a world of a difference. In the scene, like when he's in the pool with Lindsay Lohan and that character's mother, like he's shirtless. Like you see Danny Trejo's, Trejo's chest, like he appears to be in a similar state of undress to them. Crazy! What a concept. Well, just like um, I was just watching this whole movie, thinking Danny Trejo is everything that steven seagal wished he could be yes 100 percent, absolutely but doesn't have any joy about himself to accomplish like danny trejo just watching this movie it's a very silly movie but you can tell like he as an artist is taking himself very seriously like he is Mm -hmm. making something and he's very intentional about making something and steven seagal wants everything to come off as effortlessly as it does for Danny. And so he doesn't put in effort, which is mm. not how you make something appear yep. effortless. I think that's a good way that's to put a, it. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. way of putting it. Cause that's, that's all I could think of is just so much Danny Trejo in this is just what Steven Skull would want to yeah. be. It's like even trying to go for a similar thing that Steven Skull moves go for, but this one's going for it purposefully rather than accidentally. Yeah. Like it, and he, I'm even going to give Steven Skull some credit here. The character he plays here, him yes. like as the villain. Yes, this is what Steven Skull like should this is like be in his other movies. This is like, his I mean, best he performance. He is seen. even better. He is elevated by this yes. movie. This is the best now, performance I've seen out of Steven Seagal. I think this entire I'm like, time. Like, oh, if he could do this in his other movies, yeah, okay, we wouldn't have as much of a problem. Now let's 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 put a cap on that though, Sorry. because his performance here <laughs> was not stellar. It was still no. bad, but Aaron's right. It's the best we've seen in a very long time. And I, honest to God, I think that's because he was on the set of a Danny Trejo movie. He wasn't on the set of a Seagal movie. Yeah. He he was, like, actually trying because there were more important people there than him. 
I mean, because I can imagine you take like such a pseudo tough guy like Seagal who likes to kind of boss his way around like a film set by just like randomly kicking dudes in the nards <laughs> until he gets what he wants. Um, that's not going to work with Robert Rodriguez. No. And Danny Trejo. No. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's Danny not Trejo will happen. like actually beat you, I think. Like, I don't. <laughs> Even Robert Rodriguez will kick your ass. Like, he's not going to... He's like, hey, I'm trying to make this movie with, like, half the crew of another movie and, like, a quarter of the budget. I'm not going to... I'm not going to no. let you force rewrites three weeks before we start filming. No, absolutely not. Like, Robert Rodriguez will fire useful people off a set if he thinks that they're not as useful as they could be. He's not going to let Seagal, no. like, bog the whole thing down no. and, like turn it into a different movie halfway through but i like i like i already said but i do think this is the best performance we've seen out of seagal at least since yeah. the 80s no that like opening scene when he's like killing machete's wife and like that, his whole thing with like the ton mm-hmm. there that yeah i was like oh okay this is kind of like a fun now he play. is the other non-mexican actor playing a mexican <laughs> which so much less convincing but so (laughs) i think in both cases with him and daryl sabara and this is the only way i will compare these two actors uh is that it's kind of an inside (laughs) joke i think so like daryl sabara because this is not the first time he's playing a mexican uh and like kind of got his the start of his career doing that uh and it's kind of an inside joke with everybody that he's in this very mexican-american celebration of mexican-american culture film and he is not those things but he's pretending to be uh but seagal here playing a villain and i i don't i didn't know really anything about steven seagal in the year of our lord 2010 so i don't know what the discussion around him was but he is very accustomed to playing ethnicities of which he is not a member and i think it's kind of (laughs) kind of an inside yeah not good at but accustomed to i think it might just kind of be another inside joke similar to daryl that Steven plays yeah. into ethnicities of which he is not a member, but it's kind of okay because he's the villain and it's kind of funny. Uh, and this Mexican production gave him permission. To a certain extent, though, because let's, let's talk about Steven Seagal's character. Yeah, sure. Movie, because, yes, he does play a Mexican drug lord. However... <laughs> He doesn't wear clothes that would be associated with that sort <laughs> no, of No, he wears his no. Seagal and, uniform. And, <laughs> and he carries around... His his weapon of choice is two katanas. <laughs> okay, but... And he is accompanied by a young Japanese yes. man. But I think this <laughs> affirms what Aaron's saying yeah. even more. Yeah, he gets to just... He gets to Seagal it up. What this movie does... Right is it accentuates everything about a character that makes them interesting. It just cranks it up to 11. So, like, the first time we see Seagal, he just walks into a room with a naked woman and pulls out a katana and orders someone to to kill her. The second time we see Seagal, he's just in a mansion, just packed to the gills with women in bikinis and, like, topless women, just lounging around. Like, that's all we know about his character which is like what he has wanted to be in the like previous 10 movies that we watched they just didn't have the budget to pay that many extras willing to take their clothes off in the presence of steven seagal like it's everything he is playing almost himself well and like you said it feels like this kind of knowing like this wink wink nod nod like we talk about how in other movies he is like 
doing a very poor approximation of an African-American yeah. accent, like also mixed with like a Chinese <laughs> accent, also mixed with just like his husky voice. Like he kind of views, like he just sees stereotypical qualities and traits yeah. and behaviors of other cultures and other ethnicities. And he just thinks, I want that. If I want to do that, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter if I'm trying to be black this sentence and I'm trying to be Japanese the next sentence. Yeah. So that's why I feel like it has to be like, this has to be like a knowing like wink to the camera, at least like on the part of like Robert Rodriguez, like letting him out. I, it seems like Steven Seagal's in on the joke. Maybe it's a little hard to I tell. I don't but this, know. Like, the fact that he is, vaguely doing a mexican accent playing a mexican drug lord but then kind of wearing his cigar like classic like robe mumu and like carrying around like a katana <laughs> yes. like is the type of racial blending he normally does but it feels a bit more self-aware yeah it, it's like yeah, oh yeah he's because that's kind of the character he plays that's the character he is in it felt like within the context of this movie it felt like his bad mexican accent wasn't just him being bad at doing an accent like it almost felt like part of the character like it, and i think that's yeah. what's wild about this movie is that even like the exact same thing Seagal does in other movies that I'm like rolling my eyes at. I'm like, I can't stand this. This is awful. He shows up here doing the exact same stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, let's hear him out. Oh, well, yeah, okay, that's because okay. it's because oh, I, I think you're right. In this movie, it's it's supposed to just be a joke. Yeah, like it's supposed to be goofy when he does those things in his other movies. He's not trying he's to be playing it totally straight to and it drives me he's, up the wall. Exactly, he's being dead serious. He thinks he's nobody's selling. Nobody's there to challenge him. And I, <laughs> I think, especially looking at like his seppuku scene, I think <laughs> Steven Seagal. I have so much to say. I think Steven Seagal that. doesn't know he's being made fun of. <laughs> I don't think he's in on the joke. I think Robert Rodriguez so, is really good at using scenario. Steven Seagal. But I don't think so Steven is, is in on it. This is something I was wondering since way <laughs> back. I when you go back and listen to yeah. Above the Law, like I'm talking <laughs> within our first like three or four episodes, yeah. Danny Trejo is like man running yes. at like start of yeah. movie. Like it's it, it's not even like his earliest film credit because I think we said it was like 17 in or something. Yeah. but it's very his non-speaking role in the prologue to a yeah. Seagal film. Yeah. So they go back to some extent. So like just the entire existence of this movie of Seagal being a machete. I've been wondering like, is this like they're actually buddy buddy? They're like, hey, we're both like kind of movie stars. Like, or is this Danny Trejo's like he's going up to his real friend Robert Rodriguez and he's like, yo, we should try to get this like Steven Seagal guy. Like, I so that's, this guy's gonna walk I, in and he's gonna act like he's black and think he's. I think so maybe <laughs> my take on it was that it was Danny doing Steven a solid. That's exactly what I was going to say. I That's think it's what my assumption was, but as we've talked about it here, it become less sure. Yeah. Because when you look at the cast, you have obviously Danny Trejo, Michelle Rodriguez, Jessica Alba, Robert De, Robert De Niro, Cheech Marin, Lindsay Lohan, so Don many Johnson. others. Don Johnson. And Steven Seagal in 2010. He's the weird... Like, he's like he's, he's the left turn in this theatrical list. release world for years like he a decade is, he has not been like headline news other than maybe scandals for ages yeah it has to just be that that i i can't imagine any other scenario other than he and danny trejo have some kind of like long-term friendship 
however you would want to call it. And Danny Trejo is just like, hey, I, he's he's fallen on some rough times. Can we get him a part in this well, okay, movie? See, I don't disagree <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's what my first assumption was. But I'm also willing to entertain the possibility of like, hey, I know the Steven Seagal guy. I worked with him a while back. Like, he's... wouldn't it be funny if he was like the main villain? And like, <laughs> we just let him just like, we give him the directions. He just does his thing. We just like zoom him in for the rest of the movie. So he doesn't actually have to interact with most of the cast. Yeah. Like, I could see it honestly going either way. I'm not even going to disagree mm-hmm. with you. I'm just going to say there's the possibility. I, think I could, could see it going both ways. Seagal, or it could be doing a solid. I, <laughs> or both at I the same time. I could see it both even. at the same time. Yeah. Like, Let me do him a solid, and yeah. also we're going to make fun of, like, take the <laughs> out of him. Yeah, and, like, maybe, uh, like, if, you know, I'm going to give Danny Trejo the most charitable light possible, which I want to because I like Danny Trejo. Uh, it's just like, well, okay, he's really horrible to work with, and... You know, no one really likes making movies with him, but and he's not very good at it. But I kind of owe him one, uh, and it might help him out. We're gonna like limit his Seagalness, and we're gonna channel it into like a very fine point, even if he's not on board, even if he doesn't know that that's what's happening, because it's unclear from the way that he's acting whether he knows that's what's happening. Uh, and maybe it'll help him out. He hasn't been in the same sentence as the rest of this cast in over a decade at this point. Like, <laughs> he will not be in the same room as more famous people until he goes and shakes the hand of Vladimir Putin. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's actually really upsetting. It's actually kind of upsetting to realize that technically Steven Seagal has been in a movie with Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's cool that Robert De Niro and, like, Lindsay Lohan and Cheech were in the same we're in a movie together yeah <laughs> Aaron I I like that I think that's my that's the that's the theory I'm gonna hope is real yeah yeah I like that the best because I can't come up with any other scenarios in which this movie could have had no. Steven Seagal in it because it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense although Hans I think you wanted to talk about the seppuku scene yeah <laughs> Where he commits Sudoku. (laughs) So, Seagal and Danny Trejo have a machete to to Katana fight, which does not last very long because they can't, like, in any other, in, in all of Seagal's movies this far where he has had any kind of knife fight, it's been the most weird, spammy like just throwing hands wildly in front of you yeah. action that doesn't really make any sense. So I would imagine that they, they put the kibosh on that. We're not going to let that happen in machete. So that does not go on for very long. Mm-mm. It would appear that Seagal has the upper hand and Danny Trejo's on the ground and every, the whole crowd gasps. And then Danny Trejo stabs him through the gut. And then Seagal just stands there. He just stands there, like sort of wiggling back was, and forth, was, just like shifting his weight from one. There was one to line another. that I was hoping for that I never got. What you think this is getting stabbed? This isn't getting stabbed. You, he basically oh he basically yes. says that, but you're absolutely yes. right. He just like he's just standing there, giving lines, shifting weight from one foot to the other with <laughs> machete <laughs> sticking through yeah. him the whole way through him, and he says. Uh, all oh, the shots that are filled you like, think from this forward. Is... <laughs> what? 
I was gonna say, but with all these shots from forward, you can just tell like they put like a pillow like under <laughs> yeah. his like shirt, and the oh, sword yeah. is just stuck in that. Oh yeah, like you see it moving <laughs> under his clothes. Oh yeah, no, it's so goofy, and he just like it's so good in in typical Seagal fashion in the way that he delivers his lines. It's it's like me, like when I when I stutter because I can't get out the words that are in my brain. I can't say them. That's how he talks. Yep. So he just kind of so uh like uh you know uh that sort of thing and <laughs> he does that and he draws out the sequence of lines where he's basically telling danny trejo that this is nothing i could walk this off i th- there's no way that this actually hurts me because he's just standing there with the machete sticking out of his gut and then he finally goes what i, I don't remember the exact line one of you said it earlier you're gonna like uh you know if i like, i could kill you so easily but then you'd just be waiting in hell for me wouldn't you mm-hmm. that's exactly it i could kill you so easily with a machete sticking out of his gut because he's still <laughs> holding his katana i could kill you so easily but you'd just be waiting for me in hell so i guess i'll just die and i i thought that he was gonna take the machete out and bleed to death but he doesn't no. he twists it in his gut and just goes ah this hurts or something like that like ah f- it and then just and dies and then just sort of lays himself on the ground and then like <laughs> he's smiling the whole time lays himself on the ground doesn't make any like grunts or anything just says ah f- it twists a machete i don't know machete machetes are wide blades yeah. you can't just like twist that in your gut but he does oh my god it's the well because it's only half scene. a machete sticking out of a pillow under his shirt <laughs> and the other half sticking out of like a wooden board like taped to his back yeah it's the stupidest like this movie is very full of itself it is very dumb it's very purposeful in itself in mm. taking itself you get what i'm trying to say yeah, it's but very this specific was was one of the scenes one of the only scenes that was like that it doesn't fit it just doesn't work i think ugh. i think it does but the movie also assumes that you know who Seagal is. Well, okay, so I guess I'm I'm thinking about it in from my watching experience and after experiencing this whole movie and then seeing this scene at the end of it. But in the context of our of of your theory of them just letting Seagal ham it up as Seagal in this movie, not play yeah. a character but just play himself. He's not playing Torres. Then, He's playing Steven Seagal. Yeah, you know what? Then it does. Then it tracks. Then it makes sense if you think about it like that. That's how I at. That's how I saw his character. Like he's just yeah. hitting every Seagal trope that we've been witnessing the past like twenty movies. <laughs> I just in rapid succession. He just, he just the smile he had, the like really weird smirk that he has on his face as he's twisting a, a machete in his gut, <laughs> and then just like lays himself on the ground and dies. Yeah. Well, and just so that even the whole time there, <laughs> that he like, it's not even like, ooh, oh, you got me. I guess I'm gonna choose death. He's just kind of like awkwardly standing, like, huh? <laughs> like he's not even acting like he's anywhere close. He's just like, huh? No. Oh, that's oh, uh, you got it in me first. Oh, that's yeah. Awkward. Oh, I guess I'm gonna die then. Yeah. Because <laughs> like this is the only kind of death that a Steven Seagal character could die in a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> like it's his choice. He wasn't actually bested. He chose to lose. It's, it can only be self-inflicted. It's the only kind of death that a Steven Seagal character could die in a Steven Seagal movie. Like It's, it's like true. Steven's in a different movie that's just happening at the same time as the Danny Trejo mm-hmm. movie, and they cross paths at the beginning and the end. This is also the first time that he... I think another another reason why 
Steven Seagal's character works in this movie where it hasn't worked in any of his other movies. He plays the villain in this one. We've never yeah. seen him play the villain. Yeah. Now, you could argue that he is the villain because he just kills people and causes untold mayhem and doesn't get yeah. punished for it. But that's not the character that he plays. No. This is the first time he's played the villain. It's... And they had to change literally zero things about his character to make that work. <laughs> and is this and the it first... Just, it works better that way. Is this the first time he's died in one of these movies? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, so technically, this does kind of have me wondering, like, we have skipped other movies where Seagal is in, but in smaller roles where he is not the lead. We did not watch Clementine. We did not watch Executive Decision. Yeah. This has me wondering. I don't know if maybe we should go back and, like, hit those just to fully cover everything. So maybe he dies in one of those, but he barely gets injured in his own movies. Yeah. You think he's dying? Like, he'll get shot in the head and then, like, the next shot? scene just stand this up. This isn't getting shot. <laughs> Yeah. Shot. Yeah. Like he'll say crap like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. What happens to Michelle Rodriguez in this movie, where she gets shot in the head and comes back and just has an eye patch and she's all good to go? That works in this movie, but that's just how Seagal's character is in all of his other movies that are completely serious. Yeah. So yeah, it is amazing to see. See, I don't. We were kind of debating if we had to watch this. I think it's good that we watch this because it's, it's good interesting to see. It, yeah. Danny Trejo do what Steven Seagal wants to do, but make it work while also letting Steven Seagal do what Steven Seagal does and making it work somehow. Like Danny Trejo says, I just want to be like a bad dude that kills people with a machete. And you're like, yeah, actually you can do that, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the role you were born. I to just want to yeah. like walk around and have this gravelly voice and a face like an old boot, but like <laughs> everyone's into it. And I'm like, yeah, actually you can pull that I'm off, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not even saying like, oh yes, look at this amazing chemistry and all of the on-screen no. romances. But he's like on his like third sex scene. I'm like, okay, that's Machete. That's what Machete makes does. sense is in the fiction of this universe. With Seagal, just every character. It's why is she topless and why is he just fully clothed in his like trench coat? Yeah. Why does he randomly have a wife at the end of this movie that was not mentioned? <laughs> So this is a very interesting study to take Seagal into a different... This is almost like when you, you know, if you're running experiments, you need to make sure you have the control group or whatever, like to take him and put him in a different context yeah. and see what happens. And yeah, and that not just that he's in a different context, you see what happens, but you're also seeing like the main character of the movie basically just is a Seagal. He just is... Danny Trejo's machete is kind of a Seagal character, but it yeah. works. But it works this that's time. The char- yeah, that's the character that you've said he should always play the right the guy that the not complex like, very he just few kills lines, people because that's what he does because he's a pure violent character machete. his name yeah. is a weapon <laughs> although i should it's very much like a cigar character uh from what i've seen when danny trejo and robert rodriguez were like crafting this like when they they brainstormed him like years before and ended up getting made. But I think the main comparison I saw was like Van Damme or something. Oh. Like a similar era, like action star to Seagal. Mm-hmm. They didn't actually like he wasn't thought of intentionally to be a Seagal character. I think it's just he was no. the Mexican version of like generic, like white, like action hero star. Yeah. Which yeah. Seagal tries to be. I think it's interesting um, to watch this movie as like somebody else's opinion, somebody else's take on who Steven Seagal is. Because I don't know anybody in the entire world who knows as much about Steven Seagal as the other two people on the Zoom call. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's man, that's really upsetting. 
but it seems like Robert Rodriguez does too, uh, because he did a really so good job be, like, of capturing the essence of who Steven Seagal is. Like, I think after, like, both immediately before and after this movie, we have like some director who's making like six or seven movies with Seagal. Like, I'm not gonna say we know, we know the most about Seagal, no, but we're uh, we gotta be we in gotta like, be the up top there. percentile at this point. Like, <laughs> We're That's in the really, top like one percent. We're up there about Seagal on That's really planet Earth. To think about, we're the experts. We're actually <laughs> we're the in, like, people the top, that someone like, would come to to ask questions. Point oh five percent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Machete is a Steven Seagal film that is also the inversion and the dissection of a Steven Seagal film. Yeah, I think Robert Rodriguez so has us beat on Steven Seagal knowledge because he was able to dissect. Oh, clearly, Steven Seagal so masterfully. He's able to wrangle him. Yeah. And able to, yeah, like direct him. Direct his Seagal energy toward a good movie. Yeah. It's a fun movie, yeah. So we've done our favorite quotes. Yeah. What's our star ratings? What do we send that? I'm giving this three stars. Four stars. Oh, well, I I was at three and a half, so it truly just is. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Done and done. Uh, um, what would you watch instead? I, I, okay, here's... I, I think we should we should tweak it. This week mm-hmm. isn't what you should watch instead. Because you can watch Machete. Yeah. Yeah. By default, it's what you should watch instead. What about like what you should just like also watch? Mm. I honestly... This is one of the few movies that I think I could actually recommend if this was your kind of movie. Like if the the gory, bloody, stupid, fun, goofy action movie is something that you would enjoy, then I wouldn't shy away from it. Like, let's be very clear. They're in a hospital. Uh, there is a doctor who is staring at a woman's rear end, and she's or, and she says, "I can feel your eyeballs in my uterus." And he says, "Well, just be glad they're not in your colon." Hey, did you know that the colon is like twice as like ten times as long as the human body? And then Steven Seagal uses a. That's a setup because then the callback is not Steven Seagal. Um, Danny Trejo. I'm sorry, force a habit. Um, it's like that Simpsons quote. Bart, no. What? I'm right here. Oh, sorry, force a habit. Lisa, no. I'm like Seagal, no. Oh, Trejo, no. Um. But the setup is this like joke about like how long your like intestines are, and then Steven Seagal uses a man's intestines to repel like down a floor into another window. Like that happens in the movie, and I recognize that's not a movie everyone wants to watch. That is also something that like Steven Seagal, there is no setup and payoff in no. a Seagal movie. <laughs> no. That's like a dumb thing that happens in the movie, but there's a setup and a payoff. Like and that's why it stuck really out. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, their their little conversation about how long the intestine is was like for dialogue was for a reason. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't just happen because like surprise. I can imagine a Seagal movie having a very similar line about and I can just, feel your yeah. eyes, uh, but that that wouldn't go anywhere. It was just to have a gross line. <laughs> exactly. It would just be to you have this gross moment. Else? What in this movie? <laughs> Danny Trejo has to escape a hospital while being wounded. And it takes him, I don't know, maybe five minutes of this movie. Oh, did we lose I thought, him I think... You're not. No, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, he escaped the hospital yeah. in five minutes. Yeah. It took how many six idiots an hour and a half to escape the world's biggest uh. hospital? You're not. There were several. Well, oh, see, I didn't realize yeah, you were was, doing it. I was waiting the for thing. the big, like, oh, 
Well, there, I, I there are several you know, hospital brain, escapes in Seagal movies, and they all take forever. My <laughs> brain was going to hard to kill. Yeah. I wasn't realizing oh. you were going. Yeah, my brain was in hard to kill territory. That one still didn't Sorry. take as long as an entire movie to escape the world's largest hospital in a <laughs> vampire apocalypse. Uh, I would say if you liked this, particularly if you liked uh, Father Benicio del Toro, uh, <laughs> then I would watch Velocipaster. <laughs> so imagine imagine if the whole movie were about father benicio del toro uh but not it's not quite as well done it's not quite as well put together and also he turns into a dinosaur and also he turns into a dinosaur and also it's made at like one percent of the budget of this <laughs> they made the entire movie for like 10 grand um <laughs> and it's somehow even less accurate with all the priest stuff. Uh, somehow. Yeah. I cannot turn into a dinosaur. That's not without attitude. Not <laughs> yeah, that's the part. That's the inaccurate part. <laughs> yeah. You Wait, just haven't the... found... What was it? He found like a rock or something, right? Or was it a claw? It was a dragon's tooth. <laughs> That's what it was. You just Wait, haven't found the, that yet. What's Once you find your dragon's like, tooth, then you'll be able to turn into a dinosaur. Yeah. What's the thing that says like four? Go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember me, do you, brother? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Uh, Velocipaster. Oh Velocipaster. <laughs> um, Hans, what would you recommend to watch alongside? In addition, instead, whatever. Oh man, I have another one. If you want, if you want one. Yes, please. Spy Kids 2. Spy Kids 2. <laughs> See, I think that's, for me, that's where I would go is just like, hey, you should watch some of Robert Rodriguez's other stuff if you haven't already, like Spy Kids, um, Shark Boy, Lava Girl, Sin City. Uh, Ooh, Battle this Angel. did have a lot of Sin out. City vibes to me in the cinematography. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Like, it, I think it's using a lot of the same techniques as Sin City. When did Sin City also a movie Sin, with a very interesting cast? When did Sin City come out? Um, that came out in two thousand five. Okay, yeah, I think he borrowed some of the techniques that were used in Sin City for this. Like there are scenes in this that, if you pay really close attention, like this was shot on green screen. Like these two actors are not in the same room together. Oh, yeah. Um. Okay. It has kind of like that Sin City cinematic feel to it in really interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, it also has a lot of Spy Kids vibes. It has some Spy enough. Kids vibes, weirdly enough. <laughs> um, or you could watch um, the movie that kind of indirectly spawned this all. You could watch Planet Terror. Um, or why am I uh, blanking on the other one that was included in Grand House? um death proof yes um, so in that one um planet terror was directed by robert rodriguez death proof directed by quentin tarantino but from what i've seen like watch them back to back like you gotta watch the whole thing with the fake trailers in there like don't just watch one of those movies yeah like you gotta watch grindhouse as it was originally screened <laughs> um, um yeah yeah no uh, i i don't really know how to close out a conversation about like a well-made film yeah that must be hard for like the podcasters that like talk about like good movies every week 
Uh, <laughs> or like at least movies that they enjoyed. <laughs> Machete. Um, what do more we like have? Um, no, <laughs> don't more like this. I can't. Also, actually, you know what? Go ahead. More uh, Machete. More like what, Aaron? Uh, <laughs> if it was bad, it would be Machete. More like more Machete or something. Machete. But... More like my Chevy works pretty well. Like this movie. Um, <laughs> or Machete, the Chevrolet of movies. <laughs> um, our usual techniques for closing out an episode aren't working. To be fair, our usual techniques for closing out an episode don't usually work. Um, <laughs> oh, next week we have Born to Raise Hell. Uh-huh. We've had Born to no. Kill. <sighs> right back into the thing. Yeah, huh? I don't. What will this do uh, to our experience of the next one? Next week, we have to go back one. to watching a Steven Seagal Yeah, movie. what will this do to our experience of the next movie? Raise our hopes and dash them quite expertly. Yeah. Although, this is impressive. So, he had four movies in 2009. Um, Machete in 2010. Born to Raise Hell in 2010. Which, that doesn't seem as crazy because Machete, like, his scenes could have truly been filmed in, like, four days. Yeah. Um, and then Maximum Conviction 2012, two years between what? movies. That's a long That's time. That's a long time. Seagal. He was just living off those machete residuals for a while. God, be. <laughs> well, actually, this is because then it's Force of Execution 2013, Good Man 2014. Like, he's one a year, not three to four a year. Wow. Well, I mean, I know, I know it's got to slow down because we're on movie 33, Wait. and that was only, you know, 13 years ago. Well, okay, I said that until Code of Honor, Sniper Special Ops, The Asian Connection, End of a Gun, Contract to Kill, and The Perfect Weapon all came out in 2016. Really? Six movies in 2016. My man, (laughs) please, what are you doing to us? Those cannot be good. (laughs) We, there's six. We do a full rotation. Like, we do, like, I... <laughs> full rotations. Like, that's, that's... I edit, Aaron edits, Hans edits. I, like, we have... We each have two movies in that rotation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just for, Oh, getting through 2016 is rough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Thanks for joining us for Machete. A pretty fun movie that we had a good time with. Yeah. There's gotta Aaron, be... You gotta, Aaron, gotta say something to close us out. Um, yeah. Father... Padre, say something to close us out. <laughs> <laughs> I absolve you from your sins. I get the heck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That means one of us has to die. Well, I guess something to make you think is how many hours have we put into this? Oh, we've watched how many movies? This is 33. This is 33. 33 movies plus... An hour to an hour and a half discussion. I'd I'd say probably an average of two hours per recording. Yeah, Less than that, an like an hour and a half. Yeah, probably you're right. You're probably right. Hour. So an average of an hour and a half per recording, and you know probably an average of an hour and a half per movie, maybe a little more. So about three hours times thirty three. Ninety-nine hours. Ninety-nine hours, yeah. Well, I was starting to wonder, like, I don't think we're there quite yet. But we're gonna have like a college minor in Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about this in like credit hours. Yeah. Like, How many credit class. hours for like a normally like, you know, fifteen or so. Sorry, um, not fifteen 
credit um how many credit hours so for a bachelor's have a class like when a class is three credits like three credit hours it's normally because you're spending like three hours a week on yeah this. so that's the thing it's not 15 in total it's like one class would be three times like 14 mm-hmm. like three hours a week like over like you know a semester so uh, yeah like one class is roughly like 42 hours okay so and so um we've taken a couple of five courses. like four to five classes is roughly a minor. oh my gosh so that's like 210 hours we're at like 100 hours now we're estimating yeah we're gonna be close enough that like I don't know how the exact math on this will work out. We're going to be close enough that I think I could get like a an advisor or like a, a dean to like sign off on this as a, <laughs> an as a minor. Honorary college minor. Yeah. <laughs> like when I just think about like for literally I got a film studies minor. Like I would watch like a movie or two a week and then discuss it in class. That's what we're doing. And yeah. we're doing that for <laughs> which like means, 50 movies. Hey, that means, is... dear listener, if you just listen to all these lectures, you just listen to the discussion. And as long, <laughs> and as, long as you can, like, you know, talking to my college students, as long as you can fake doing the reading, they'll still give you the degree at the end. Zach, you're squinting so hard. So you just right participate now. in the discussion and, and you know, you, you can fake having done the reading. They'll still give you the degree. Um... <laughs> That's like, no, that's, that's, that's more like, you know, someone's, uh, helper dog getting an honorary degree in the, in whatever they got. <laughs> did that's... you, oh, did you just compare our listeners no, 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 to no, when no, they no, give no, a no, no, service no, no, no. dog like, an honorary like, degree? You can't, you can't listen to a podcast. You're like the dog we let on that's... stage because it's a fun photo op. <laughs> It's like the equivalent in education of what we're of what of what you're saying we're giving See, to what our I listeners. was going to compare it to is that we're getting our minor in Seagal. This is like whenever you do the uh, like, hey, fun fact, you can just like take Harvard classes online for free. Yeah, it's worthless. I'm not, it's not actually worthless. You, you gain knowledge like you can take these Harvard classes online for free. The reason why Harvard doesn't just collapse is because you still don't have a Harvard degree, even if you know all of those. If you take the online classes for free, you still need to like pay and be admitted and be there yeah. to like have a Harvard. So I think that's what this is. Like, if you're just listening along, you're ki- it's kind of like you're taking the free classes online, but it's not counting towards a degree. Yeah. I don't have a teaching <laughs> license, so, you know. Yeah. Steven Seagal, this uh, Steven C. at all in Uber Our Heads is not an accredited high- institute of high- institution of higher education, you know? <laughs> you know? But no, there's not a single... I mean, I was thinking about this earlier because I was going through Letterboxd and just the fact that, like, Stephen Skull is by far, like, my most watched actor on Letterboxd. <laughs> like, I literally... There is not a single director, actor, like, anything that I can say I studied as much in college <laughs> as I have Steven Seagal now. <laughs> and, and we're only, what, three-fifths of the way through? More than that. More than that. that. More than that. A little bit. More than that. Yeah. We're we're trucking along. We're getting there. 